want to submit to you this morning that before any great work of God, there is a, 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 a situation where we're going to have to learn that it's time to either decide that you're going to stand or not stand. Are you going to do what he asks you to do? Or are you going to go the way of the world? Because uh, the, both currents are moving very swiftly. The goodly current is moving very swiftly. And so when you get in that current, you get to, to move on with the Lord very quickly. But also that uh, the evil current, the current of the world is moving very fast too. And you all are blessed and fortunate to be living in a situation, I mean, in a, in a time uh, of this earth's history that your decisions will be very rapid ones. When you make a decision to do right, God can bless you. When you make a decision to do wrong, the devil is there waiting for you. And what's good about that is you don't have to wait long for the consequence. You know, it's not like, you know, eating pork. You know, that it takes you 25, 30 years before you start getting high blood pressure. You know, then you, you have no incentive. Oh, these things are very quickly now. When you say, yes, Lord, I'm going to, and you decide not to, boom. <laughs> Amen? And aren't you happy for that? Because you could be, be dangling in the wind, you know, being those, what do you call, fence straddlers, or, you know. But when also, when you say, Satan, I'm going to walk with you, it's pretty quick, too. So what we want to understand today, when we, he woke us this morning, I, 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 again, he would not let me say what I wanted to say. And y'all should say, praise the Lord. But he said, let us confess and repent. Because there's a move about to be made by God. Wednesday night, we talked about being, having a relationship with God that was a, a special relationship, that, that the only people who had this special relationship would get the benefits that God had in his benefit package. See, we can no longer live a life anti-Christ and accept to receive the Christ package. And, 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 and one of the things we talked about was, in, of course, in, in the book of Psalm, chapter 1, uh, it talks about, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but... His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And to be that special person, your delight must be in the law, must be in his word. I'm not saying you, you should be that person that, that, that obeys out of obligation, because that's not what God is looking for now. He's not talking about an obligate, uh, obligatory uh, obedience out of you. He said, your delight should be in me. And so we're here. And he says, I'm about to make a move. And he said, one more thing you need to tell the people before I make this move is there's a need to confess and repent. And every time in Israel's history that before something big was going to happen, confession and repentance had to take place. Amen? Amen. Go to the book of Nehemiah chapter 1. Now, we're familiar with the life and times of Nehemiah and Ezra. When the, when the, when the Jerusalem had been broken down, been torn asunder because of disobedience, and God told him, yeah, you guys did it again, so this is going to happen to you. But this was a time where it was about to be rebuilt. And Nehemiah was working for the government. He was a government worker. He worked for the king. He was real close to the king. He was the king's cupbearer. And in chapter, let's go to chapter 1 of Nehemiah. And we'll start at verse 1. He said, the words of Nehemiah the son of Hachaliah. And it came to pass in the month of Shishlu, in the 20th year, as I was in Sushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. He was inquiring about his home country. His friends had come by, and they, he, he said, how, how goes it back home? And verse 3 said, And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the providence, in province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, that I sat down and wept, and mourned certain days, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven, and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive, 
and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. Now, see, Nehemiah was about to make a move. But Nehemiah understood why the move was necessary. He understood why Jerusalem was in ruins. He understood all of that. And he did not come to God as if God owed him something. He came to God saying, Lord, I realize we have sinned. Lord, we confess our sins, the sins of our fathers. We are in the condition we are in because our fathers did not do what you asked us to do. We are in our condition because we didn't ask, do what you asked us to do. And so there was a time that Nehemiah said, man, something has to give, but I know I can't approach my God any other way but on my knees with confession and repentance in my soul. And we know what Nehemiah did, didn't we? Nehemiah prayed and he fasted. He said, Lord, I, I need, we need help, Lord. And you know what the Lord did? He honored the confession and he gave him repentance. And what happened? They rebuilt Jerusalem. He went to his king and said, king. And he went to his king in, in, in an illegal manner because he was sad. And you were never supposed to come into the, to the, the, uh, uh, the environment of the king with a sad face. But he was sad, and the king said, what's wrong, Nehemiah? But Nehemiah's character was such a nature that the king, he, he didn't care that he broke the law. He said, what's wrong, my son? And he said, my people, the temple. The way of life is broken down, and we, we, I need help. And the king gave him all the things he needed to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. But you see how that happened? Where did it start? Confession and repentance. He wept for the people of God. He wept because God had not a place for his people to worship. He fasted. He prayed. And he said, Lord, help us. Daniel chapter 9. See, God's about to do something. He restored and rebuilt Jerusalem after somebody got on his knees and fasted and prayed and confessed the sins not only of his house, but the sins of the church and the sins of his past. In Daniel chapter 9, let's go to verse 2. Daniel 9 and verse 2, he says, In the first year of, the reign of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. See, once again, Israel had been disobedient. Israel had been out of order. And so Israel went into what? Captivity. Because God always promises you that. And so Daniel, also a government worker, and I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Looks familiar, doesn't it? Jesus mentioned something in his word. He said, this only comes by fasting and praying. And we've been fasting and we've been praying because the temple of God is in danger. And I don't want to be the person that allows this to happen. <coughs> so he said he fasted and he prayed sackcloth and ashes. Verse 4 says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant of mercy to them that love him and to them that do what? See, he, he, he understood the covenant. The Lord always promised he'd take care of us if we would keep his commandments. Verse 5 said, We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled even by departing from thy precepts and from thy what? Judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto the servants, the prophets, which speak in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. He said, no, we didn't listen to the people you sent us. And this is Daniel, very powerful man. This is Daniel, very, very prayed up man. But he knew that even all of that wasn't worthy of the, an audience with God. So he said, Lord, I confess. I confess my sins. I confess the sins of the people. I confess the, 
confess the, fin- the sins of our nation. Verse 7 said, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off, though all the, through all the countries, whether thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. See, something big was about to happen in Daniel's life. Matter of fact, what happened in chapter 9 in Daniel affects us today. Daniel was about to get a word from the Lord. And Daniel knew he needed a word from the Lord. He had known by the books and the prophecies. He had learned, he studied the book of Isaiah. He studied these books and said, uh, Jeremiah says, you know, right about now something's about to happen and we needed to be in position to be able to deal in this time. And so what did he do? Did he do an evangelistic campaign? No. He fasted and he prayed. He got real with God. Do you know God's about to do something very mighty now? Who's going to be able to work in this cause? Only those who confess and repent. Only those who have decided that, Lord, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I need to spend some more time with you. I need to get on my knees and say, Lord, help me because I don't want to miss this next move you're about to make. It was the same message in John the Baptist's day. What big event was about to happen when John the Baptist came on the scene? Christ's first coming. But let's see what he had to say. Let's go to Matthew chapter 3. Let's see if, if we can compare Nehemiah and Daniel with John. So we can get this pattern and understand this, that before God can move for us, we must be in position and a condition for him to to be able to use us. He's been preaching this message for the last four months, trying to get us in that position. But I'm here to tell you, he said the train is about to leave the station. You can be on it if you want to. You can miss it. You 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 can keep messing around and half be committed, you won't get on this train. And it's moving pretty quickly. Didn't say it won't be another train coming. Might be. I can't take that chance. Matthew chapter 3. We'll begin at verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying what? Repent ye. Why? For that's a pretty big event. Yes. But what, did, what was preceding the kingdom of heaven? Repent. Repent. You have to get in a condition in order to be able to receive the message. How in the world can you receive this thing God is trying to give you if you are in an unconfessed, unrepenting position? Mm-hmm. Verse 3, for this is he that was spoken of, of, of the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And what was this voice crying? Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. We've been trying to make God's path crooked as a letter S. No, God said, I can do this. I can get away with this. I can get away with this. I can get away with this. You can play if you want to. Let's see what Jesus said. You think Jesus is a pretty good, pretty good guy we can follow? Let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Let's see what his message was. We were late starting, so we're not going to be long today. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach. What did Jesus say? He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What precedes the kingdom of heaven in your life? Do you want the kingdom of heaven in your life? Repent. Repent. Now, where does repent? Turn away. You know what comes before repentance? Go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51. David, another powerful man of God, took the same position. I love reading about David because David was just as nutty as I am. David would mess up every five, six months. David wouldn't just mess up. David would just have these big, giant mess ups. But David understood something. God loved him. 
And you know he loves us? He loves us so much that he sees us in the middle of the mess. And the devil about to, about to get us. Don't touch him. He's still mine. Don't you love a God like that? In the middle of your foolishness, he tells the devil, don't touch him. He's still mine. But Psalm 51, let's go to verse 1. David cried out, have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness. Not according to I deserved it. Not according to my righteousness but for your loving kindness, have mercy on me. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity. And what? Cleanse me from my sin. See, David understood something. I can't do anything until you do this. I can't be used by you until you do this. And his heart's desire was to be used by the Lord. For I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. See, you'll get to that point when all you want to do is serve God. Because you'll be, oh, Lord, this is keeping me. This is keeping me. Get this out of me. Just get this away from me. I don't want this, Lord. I can't help it. You'll get to that point. You will stop embracing transgressions and start abhorring sins. And you'll pray this and you'll say, Lord, cleanse me from my sin. I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and, and, and be clear when thou judgest. In other words, he said, Lord, I, yes, I did this. I, di I laid it on the altar. Lord, yes, I'm not trying to hide. I'm not trying to excuse myself. I'm not trying to say everybody else is doing it, so it must be okay. I'm not trying to say since the preacher is a sinner, I can be a sinner. If I can't say that the, the deacon board are a bunch of fornicators. That means I can be a fornicator. He said, no, you're not at that point anymore. You're saying, Lord, help me. Because I know all that is wrong, and I'm not looking for excuses any longer. Are we ever going to get to that point? We're going to stop excusing sin. We're going to let the world tell us how to serve God. That's what we do, don't we? We hit on the tube and we see all the big preachers saying it's all right. Yeah. What do we find out this morning? A man said, my wife can dress anywhere she, any way she wants to in the name of the Lord. Oh, Adventist boy, don't say that. that. She dressed up like somebody you saw at, I don't even know what the clubs are. I was going to name one, but none of y'all would have known what I was talking about. <laughs> he said, no, you can't. But we're going to let that be our excuse. Because those who are looking for excuses are those who don't want to be reformed. Those who try to find a hole in your argument are those who don't want to give their heart totally to the Lord. Oh, but, 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 but brother, you didn't. Uh, but brother is never an excuse. But sister didn't. What's that got to do with you? Maybe he called you to do that. Well, until y'all get right, I ain't coming to church. <laughs> really? <laughs> if you're so righteous, you need to be here to teach us, don't you? People tell me that all the time. Oh, I'm not ready yet. You know, y'all, uh, I have some issues. You sure do. And staying at home is one of them. Come on, let's go to 50. Let's stay in Psalm 51. Let's go down to 17. God says, I'm looking for something this morning. And if you don't want to give it to me, I'll find it in someone else. What's 17 say? The sacrifices of God a uh, broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Do you see, did you see Nehemiah? Did you see Daniel? Do you see uh, 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 John the Baptist? They all had the same spirit, a broken and contrite heart. They said, Lord, Lord, I know I'm wrong. I'm wrong because I was built wrong. I was made wrong. Everything I learned was wrong. And Father, it's time to get right. And I can't do anything about it without you. 
And that's what he's looking for. He said, I need a contrite heart. He said, I w and God said, I will not despise that. He said, do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness. Now look at this. He said, in 17, you got to have a broken heart and a contrite, uh, broken and contrite heart. Verse 18, do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Okay? He said, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and with burnt, whole burnt offering. Then shall thy offer bullocks upon the altar. Now look at this. When you see 17 and 19, you should see this. You should say, your offerings without a contrite spirit, God despises. You get that? We hear that. Because he said, after you give me your contrite heart, then I'll be pleased with your sacrifices of righteousness and, and your burnt offerings and your whole offerings. And, and, and you can offer these things on the altar, but we've been coming to the altar of God without a broken spirit and a repentant heart. We come to God saying, well, I know I have to. Who, Pastor Shaw, going to call me if I don't come to church? Who, and I don't feel like talking to him? Keep forgetting my pen. <laughs> Is it true? We're going to stop playing with God. Amen. And if we're going to be part of this thing, you're going to stop. We, we as a people are going to stop playing, and you as an individual are going to stop playing. <laughs> and if we ever stop playing, we might see the blessings of the living God. As we sit here, and, and I, I noticed, I said, Lord, I did not realize again, it's still on, my, on me. The security of a, a place for God to worship. I remember three years ago when that sign went up, that for sale sign in the yard. I wasn't worried. For sure, what's going on? Don't worry about it. We ain't leaving until God say leave. I believe that now. But guess what he said? I said, Lord, we can't be a people that have been so self-centered that we're not going to have a place to worship. We can't be that kind of people. You can't be. I said, Lord, why won't you tell me? Because the Lord always tells me. When I ask, he says, this is going to happen, blah, 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 blah. What did he say? He said, he's been silent on this. Then he woke me up this morning. He said, it's a mirror. I said, mirror? He said, remember the scripture about the mirror? You have to look into this mirror. Because the mirror is the, is the word of God. And every time we look into it, we see us and how we compare to, to what we should be. He says, it's a mirror. I said, Lord, we don't look too good, do we? And I, 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 I pray earnestly that we would understand. I don't want anybody to be on the wrong side of this move. Because if we can and don't, that's going to be a problem. And we'll keep you in prayer because you're going to need it. But we are, he's about to make a move. And I want all of you to be part of this blessing that's coming. But God says, we have to stop playing, we need to confess, and we need to repent. Because if God doesn't have a place to, to, to meet with his people, and it's the people's fault, what do you think he's going to do? Okay, I'll tell you. Don't worry. He's just going to find another people. Is that, that okay with y'all? He's just going to find another people. No, he's going to find one. Don't worry. He said he's going to have one, didn't he, Brother Chris? He said, I'm going to have a people. He didn't say it'd be you. I pray it is. And I'm going to tell you, I've been on my Nehemiah and Daniel and Abraham and Elijah and Isaiah trip. I'm going to be one of them. Because I, I, I don't know life without it. And I'm not planning to start now. 
And I, I pray that you do, and I will pray with you. We've been praying for you for so long that I, I just hope that God can, can, can move upon your hearts. Because it, it might not affect you. We always thought when we put these broadcasts in and these telephone lines in, and we prayed, and God said, you got to do that because you got people all over this world who call in, and, and we got people from Nigeria. We got people out, you know, on, on the cross TV thing. People are watching and all this kind of stuff. He said, you got to do this. And I said, Lord, but you know what's going to happen. He said, yeah, it will happen. Don't worry about it. That's up to me. He said, I don't want to cripple the people. Because if you, if, if you can lay in bed in your pajamas and be at church, what would you do? If you, if you, you can dial a telephone and just put the telephone uh, next to the nightstand and lay down and listen to the service. What would you do? Now, when you're sick, what happens? Praise God for it. Amen? When you're out of town, praise God for it. Amen? When you're on the a, on a seven seas, I don't know where you are, just say, thank the Lord, I can call in and hit a service. Oh, and just in case I missed it, because I was on a train and I couldn't pick up, I, you know, when I get to my destination, I can go and hit this button and say, oh, man, on Google Plus, I can listen to this thing. I can see it. But if you got a car, yeah. a bus pass, yeah. two good shoes, yeah. you can get here. Yeah. Should you be here? Yeah. What happens if here is no, no longer here? Mm. Then what? I want you to expect this. Go to Second Chronicles. Yeah. I want you to expect this because this is what's happening now. This is what's happening now in your church. And it's kind of fun. Don't get nervous. Uh, uh, it's too, too late for that. Uh, uh, uh. God's been talking to us for four or five months, and you are what you are. But you don't have to stay that. You can be changed at a moment's notice if you decide to confess and repent. Amen? Amen. Anybody feeling sorry for anybody in here? Well, I can't sit there. I can't say for everybody. I don't feel sorry for anybody in here. Because God has taken us through it. And he's been taking us all through it. Now how we respond to the take is up to you. Let's go to, let's go to 2 Chronicles. God said, this is what's about to happen. See, Israel had this issue. Israel always messed up because Israel always got full of themselves. Israel always got lazy. Israel always wanted to be like the rest of the nations. And so God would say, okay, well, you blew it again. Now, at the dedication of the temple, Solomon's temple, as it's called, that God would talk, Solomon was talking to God and said, Solomon knew his people. God knew his people. He said, Lord, if, what happens if they just, you know, do stupid stuff? You know what happens if they, you know, go follow the gods and, you know, they're going to do that. What, what's going to happen? God said this. Second Chronicles chapter 7, in verse 12, he said, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for what? A house of sacrifice. I'm sorry, we're in Second Chronicles chapter 7, and that was verse 12. Second Chronicles chapter 7, and we were in verse 12. See, God had said, I've chosen this place. He told Solomon, I've chosen this place. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here so all for the, what, what do you call it? The house of sacrifice. He said, I'm going to be here. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. Why? Why would he do that? Because the people, what the people? <laughs> they messed up. He said, even if I do that, I don't want you to think that I left you. See, even in the plague days, he didn't leave them. Even in captivity, he didn't leave them. This was for their good. Amen? Amen. He said, but I want you to know this. He said, if my people, yeah. which are called by my name. Do you know what a privilege that is? Yeah. As awful as we might be, he called, he said, you're called by my name. And what did he tell us to do? 
Once again, we're in sackcloth and ashes. Once again, we're in confession and repentance mode. See, it doesn't work any other way. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, even when you have been a horrible people, what did he say? I will hear from heaven. And I will what? See, the issue is sin. Sin separates us from the blessing of God. He said, I'll forgive the sin because I need to move that out of the way so I can be with you. God is not hooking up with sin. I'll forgive your sin. Then I'll heal your land. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend to the prayer that is made in this place. There was a time where that was the case in this place. Well, God heard the prayers of this place. I still think he does. But we all, we all ought to be a part of those prayers. Has anybody fasted and prayed for this place? See, we need that miracle working power that only comes with fasting and praying. We saw today the confession and repentance mode that we have to be in in order for the power of heaven to move. Do you need that in your life? Then what are we doing? We just gonna live our own life thinking God's gonna make up the difference? Well, God, we gonna keep living like that. You gonna catch me when, you know, when I, I ain't got time right now. You're going to be so far down the road, you can't spell God. It's serious time now, people. Do you understand what's happening around you? I know I keep bringing that clown up, but can you imagine being slave to the political system? That you really believe in that? God has called you out, and we're not taking advantage of it. We are still in this mold that we're going to do be like the world. God, yeah, I love you, but... They are so serious about what they're doing. They are planning to kill all of you. And what are we doing? What did God tell us a couple of months ago? In the pavilion is where we need to be. In God's pavilion. Under God's wing. Didn't he tell us that? He said, when the bullets start flying, if you with me, you're going to be all right. Do you really believe that's not about to happen? All the time you've been sitting in this building and all the time you've been in this ministry, you don't realize what's about to happen? And what are we doing? Well, Lord, you know, I can't get these new pair of shoes. Lord, well, you know, you know, church, we just ain't got no money. I guess this how it's going to be. Nah, it's not. So y'all can relax. I'm just telling you, if we can't do it, he'll find somebody who can. Because it's going to be done. Do you want to be part of this? Yes. Do you want to be part of his kingdom? Yes. It's time to get serious. Leave the world alone. Has, has it not proven to you that it's not worth it? What has it done for you? Let me ask you a question. Has the world provided you peace, love, and happiness? Enjoy in your soul. Has it given you a good sandwich lately? <laughs> you go down the busiest street in this city, you can't find one, can you? The world has nothing to offer you. God is everything. He is everything, and he wants to offer you him. Are you ready to go to war? The war is against you the sin that's in you and me. You got to go to war now. You can't passively do this because the devil has never been passive, has he? The devil's on his gig. And we got to stop blaming the devil when we keep giving him work. What's that old thing? People say the devil busy. Yeah, but we keep giving him work. When are we going to find this, this thing and say, Lord, I'm ready to fight this battle. Help me. I'm tired of living contrary to your will. 
And you're not doing it so you can get this showers of blessing. This is not a prosperity message, people. I don't think y'all got that confused, have you? Prosperity comes with it, but it's not a prosperity message. There's a conversion that has to take place. But you have to be willing to to, to participate in it because God says, I'm not going to force me on you. I'm not that God. God doesn't force you to do anything. God is love. Anybody ever been in a relationship? Worst relationship in the world, somebody forced to be in it. You have a bunch of them out there too, don't you? I can't leave him. He's going to kill me. That's love, ain't it? Oh, I bet she has a special place in her heart. God says, I love you. I want you to love me. And I'm going to give you every reason to love me. But you got to be willing to stop, to start. Why don't you break up with your boyfriend, Satan? See, God ain't going to walk up and get you from him until you say, help me. Father, help me. Instantly, he's going to be there. But as long as you're dancing and he's buying you drinks, he's not cutting in. That's not how, that's not how a real man does. Y'all know about being real men, right? We don't have to do that, Michael, do we? We ain't never did that. Don't take you from somebody else. <laughs> Why? God doesn't do that. God says, I'm here for you. I, you are making a very bad decision. As soon as you say Jesus, I'll be there. Anybody going to say Jesus this morning? Jesus. Have mercy, Jesus. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 14. Let me show you what's about to happen in your life. See, Sister Jerry, we're not going to leave you with, with being depressed. I'm not going to leave you. Well, I can't. I was about to say, Brother Juan, I'm not going to leave you being mad at Brass the Show. You're going to do that anyway, so I don't care. <laughs> but we're going to do this, Mike. Second, Second Chronicles 14. You ever heard of a king called Asa? Yes. Asa was a good man. I promise you this. As your under shepherd, anybody know what an under shepherd is? Who was our chief shepherd? Who was our king? But he made me an under-shepherd. And I'll give you this promise. We will do what he asks us to do. For the betterment of you all. Believe me, I don't pray just for my family. You all are always in our prayer. Mostly because we see what you're about to do and where that leads you to. Sometimes we have to yell at you. Isn't that right, Lynn? <laughs> Lynn, you're about to fall off a cliff. Stop. Sometimes we can say, okay, let's ease over here. We don't want anybody lost. And you shouldn't want your brothers and sisters lost either. But in Second Chronicles chapter 14, we're going to do what Asa did. And this is going to hurt a little bit, all right? We ready? And Asa did, verse 2, 2 Chronicles 14, starting at verse 2. And Asa did that which was what? Good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Now let's see what he did. For he took away the altars of the what? Check. That's what's happening here in this church. This one needs to happen in your house. And the high places, and he break down the images and cut down the groves. See, there was a lot of worship of a wrong sort in the church. He said, well, Brother Shaw, I, I, I didn't see any statues y'all we had up in here. And, and I didn't, you know, y'all didn't have any images. What, what, what are you talking about? There's a lot of rebellion in here. That's an image. Remember, we talked about rebellion. What is it? As a sin of witchcraft. There was a lot of disorder, disharmony. Back there in Asa's time, you know what he did? He tore it down. What else did Asa do? He said, and commanded Judah, verse 4, to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. So there was law introduced. There was order introduced. This was happening in your home as well. 
Stop listening to the foolishness out here in this world and get some order in your house. Amen. Verse 5, also he took out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was what? Oh, you, you know it was tight. It was some tight-lipped people, boy. He reestablished the order of God. People were hot. But people understood this was God. What happens if somebody came in and said, you out of order, thus saith the Lord, get in order? What's your first emotion? You ain't going to tell me what to do. Isn't that our problem? You tell me what to do. I, you, uh, you start talking to me about what I need to do. You know who had that spirit originally? Lucifer. He told Jesus, you don't tell me what to do. Okay. What happened to him? He got cast out of the kingdom. And guess what? When we have his spirit in us, what's going to happen to us? Oh, God has an order. You know, there's captains of tens and captains of hundreds. There's captains of thousands. God has an order. And, and oh, we about to fall in order in here. Amen? Amen. Look at everybody looking crazy. Jay looking at me like, okay. I'm with you. I don't know where we're going, but uh, <laughs> let's keep reading. Not only, see, first what he did, he cast out all the, the false worship. He cast out all the disorder. He cast out all the things that honored another God. But verse 6, he said, And he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in these years. Because why? The Lord had given him rest. This is what we can have if we would go ahead and get in order. Verse 7 said, Therefore he said unto Judah, let us build these cities and make about them walls and towers and gates and bars while the land is yet before us. Because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he hath given us rest on every side. So they did what? You see what they did? This building was important. First you got to cast out the devil. Then start building some walls and make sure he doesn't come back in. Can you do that in your life? Because remember when, when Christ cast out that, 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 those demons and he said, now look now. It'd be seven times as bad if you'd leave that big gaping hole in there. We've gone through a, a lot of deliverance services. And we warn people that. God has delivered you from that demon. Fill that hole with the Holy Ghost. Tell him to fill it now. Because he's going to bring his partners. He's upset you kicked him out. He's been with you all your life, and you get kicked him out of his house. He got evicted. And you're sitting there like, well, I'm free. What Asa did is he cast out the demons. He put out all the things that were contrary to God. And then he did what? He built fences, and he built walls, and he built bullocks to make sure that wasn't going to happen again. What are we going to do? See, this is what's happening in your church. Have you noticed? Things have been just a little different. You got people who aren't here anymore, do you? I'm not saying the people are bad, but God says, I'm cleaning house. Because what I'm about to do is get rid of all this image worship. Because I'm going to have a people that's going to do what I say do. He says, look, one more time, warn them. Have you been warned? What's the position to take? Confess and repent. What do you, what do you, hi, don't hide. God, I was reading this morning. He said, everything that's done in the dark will come to the light. Why not fess, you know, confess? You don't have to confess your sin to me. This ain't the Catholic Church. You confess your sin to God. We confess our faults one to another. Lord, I need some, brother, man, you know, sister, you know. Don't, uh, we ain't talking about, conf you know, we confessional up here. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. You got to talk to the Father. I always thought that was weird. How can sin excuse sin? I don't care how old you think you are. Oh, bless you, it's okay. No, I don't have it. I don't have it. I'm fighting. I'm struggling with you. 
need to both be in a confessional. That's the case. But what we're about to do is give our heart to the Lord again. Again. Because I know you've done it first, haven't you? We've all had this experience where we said, Lord, all that you say, we will do. Haven't we said that? Now, when we first read that in the book of Exodus, they were at where? Mount Sinai. Oh, yes, we'll do it. (laughs) Without the understanding, you can't. Unless you are what? A member of the family. Unless you have confessed and repented and you have the power of God in your heart. Because the Holy Spirit is the only thing that's going to let you do what's right. It's the only thing. It is the only thing. It, it was the spirit that was in Jesus. It's the spirit that's going to be in you once you decide you want that spirit. Don't y'all know the spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead? It's in the book. Do you know that it was the spirit of God that had Jesus to do the things that he did on this earth? Don't you know you can have that same spirit? But that spirit has to be present so you'll be able to win the war that you're fighting. The demons that we have in us. We have all kind of demons, don't we? Selfish is the big one. And everything else is under that. Why don't people lie? Self. Self. That's self-preservation. I'm afraid for the consequence. Why don't children lie? I know I lied because I didn't want to get beat. I know y'all probably were perfect children, and y'all, you know, y'all had that problem. I did, because I knew what that belt felt like. Ah, uh, Dad, I ain't do it. Uh, I ain't do it. Dad, no, I didn't. He's looking at me. He's looking at me do it. You know, he, he's, he's watching me and, and Brother Harold. We throwing dirt somewhere. We ain't supposed to throw dirt. Oh, we ain't throw no dirt. And he's standing in the window behind us. We don't see him. No, Dad, I ain't do it. Oh, so you get two spanking for throwing the dirt and lying. So do you want two spankings? God said, I know you did it. Fess. Fess up. And that's what's wonderful about our Jesus. He says, I know. But I want you to go to that lady that was caught in adultery. Was she caught in adultery? Did she, she didn't try to get out of it. You never read in the scripture that she said she didn't do it. But what did he say? He said, hold on. He said, where are your accusers? Where are them church members that say you can't be saved? Where are them church members that try to pick you apart and find the things wrong with you? Where are they? They're gone. He said, okay, well, fine. I don't condemn you either. He said, go and sin no more. And you know what's wonderful about that statement he made to her? He gave her the power. He gave her the power. See, when he speaks the word, things happen. He said, go and sin no more. You know, I have to believe she didn't. Because that same voice that said, let there be light, said, go and sin no more. Is there still light? I mean, the bulb's out. I'm talking about the real light. (laughs) So he'll say, Morgan, go and sin no more. And if you can accept that, guess what will happen? And Morgan be around here, I ain't never seen <laughs> But you know how much pressure and relief that would be on her soul? That not only has she been forgiven, but she has the power to rule over sin. The fight and struggle she's having right now, she won't have to fight anymore because she'll stand behind the living God. We all have these things, don't we? Do you want this power, is my question, is his question, we should say. Do you want to confess and repent? Do you want to be overcomers? What do you have to do? Say, Lord, what did Daniel do? What did David? David always did it. Remember when, when when the prophet Nathan came and said, you the man. Did David sit there and try to make excuses? No. David said, I have sinned, Lord. And he said, please, please, these, these sheep, Lord, they didn't do nothing. When, they, when, he numbered, when he numbered the people and God got angry because God told him don't do that. 
He said, don't, don't, he, they, I did it, Lord. Don't, don't, don't hurt them. David always got on his knees. Do you know, one more thing, we're going to close. You ever heard of a man named Enoch? What was Enoch's testimony? He walked with God. So after you confess and repent, after you've been relieved of the burden of sin, of the past, after you have accepted the fact that God says you'll have the power over sin, now whether you use it or not, that's, over, that's on you. But we're going to have to learn to walk with him now. See, it's good to confess. It's good to turn. It's good to say, Lord, I'm going this direction, but we're going to have to walk with him now. And what did Hosea say? Can two walk together unless they be agreed? And Jesus said in Malachi, I don't change. So who's got to do the change? Step by step, we're going to have to walk with him. And he's going to walk in this one path. Are we willing to walk with him? I'm not saying this is your last warning. I am not, yeah, you never know. But this is it, y'all, for us. Yeah. As a collective body, he's saying, come on, man. I have to do something, and I'm going to do something, but are you going to be a part of what I'm about to do? So I want you to pray. I want you to, to ask God to help his church. All the things that need help. He said, I had to clean it up first. And it's not, it's getting better, Sister Jerry. It's getting better. But you're about to see a broom. You ready for the broom? Are you ready to be, are we ready to be swept out of the door? I mean, uh, hold on now. If we're not willing to be swept out of the door, we need to get on our knees. There was a, there was a brother who held on to the horns of the altar. There was a brother named Jacob who said, I won't let you go until you bless me. This is the position we need to be in now. Did Jacob do that? Jacob confessed and repented. He wrestled all night. Thank you for taking the time to tune us in today. We pray that you've been blessed by the word. If you would like more of these sermons, please check us out on our YouTube page, download our podcast, and like and share us on Facebook and Twitter. May God bless you today and forevermore.